gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. At this time, we have entered a zone of turbulence. Uh, please fasten your seatbelts. But most importantly, watch this. You'll take your masks off, man. Lego. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I want to welcome you to my brand new podcast, Authentic O'Clock. I am your host, Stefan, and I am super duper grateful and excited that you decided to tune in to my first episode ever. Yes, sir. This is literally day one, okay? So if in 10, 15 years, if I go big and I go all my day once, y'all know I'm talking about you, all right? Now, it took a little while. <laughs> it took a little while, I must admit. Uh, I announced this back in September, and uh, all of you guys supported me and sent me messages of encouragement. Now, let me tell you what happened, okay? <laughs> i got to explain to you what happened. I deal with a serious case of uh, perfectionism and another serious case of procrastination. And when you put those two things together, man, it's catastrophic, okay? So what I've learned to do, what I'm still learning to do is uh, as soon as I know that I want to do something, as soon as I know that I'm going to do something, I just put it out there, <laughs> you know? I just put it out there and then I deal with it later because now, you know, I got to work towards it. <laughs> I got to execute on this. I got to uh, bring to life whatever it is I put out. You know, and I, and I think sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need something that is going to literally push you, right? I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, look, if you can't make the right decisions just yet, make the decisions that will force you to make the right decisions later. <sighs> Woof. Snap your fingers. Do you stay? Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. But all that to say, we're here. Okay, we're live, baby, and that's what matters, all right? Now, the podcast, what is it? What is it about? Um, if you know me, you know I love conversations. I love conversations, man, because conversations heal, man, you know? Conversations heal. Conversations inspire. Conversations encourage. Man, conversations can even save a life, literally. So I say, you know what? I'm going to have conversations, man. Now, the type of conversations that do all that I just said and more is the one where the people are authentic, like like raw authentic, you know? Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, vulnerability and authenticity are the currency these days. I think this generation has seen and is seeing a lot, a lot, a lot of fake, right? And uh, most of us, not to say all of us, most of us are craving for something real, man. Just, hey, man, let's have this conversation and tell me your story. Don't tell me what it should be like. Don't tell me what it was like. Tell me what it is now, right now, you know? So, yeah, um, all of us, man, and I know that we agree on this. I know that you guys uh, agree with what I'm about to say. All of us. 
All of us, I say it, every single last one of us, we wear masks 99% of places and 99% of the time. We're just, we just, that's just how it is. We have to wear these masks and, you know, we, 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 we have, we grew up like this and we are living like this and it's super normal. Well, I want to normalize taking it off. I want to normalize taking the masks off and it's a lot of them. And that's a scary thought too. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's easy. No, no, no. <laughs> it's very hard because, man, taking the mask off, it comes with a lot of judgment. It comes with being misunderstood. It comes with being, you know, just uh, giving, quote unquote, giving people the green light to to say whatever they want to say about you. But, um, yeah, I mean, we could. We could normalize it. T.D. Jakes said something once that resonated with me so deeply, man. It stuck with me. He said, you are at your best when you are authentic to your core. He said, you got to be who you are, not who they call you. Yo, when I tell you, man, we do ourselves a disservice. Nah, for real. We do ourselves a disservice whenever we are not being ourselves, consciously or unconsciously. You know? So, yeah, I mean, um, this podcast is really... First of all, a challenge to myself, challenge to myself to sit in the hot seat and and uh, have candid conversations with uh, all of you about any topic. You know, it could be race, it could be faith, it could be all cultures, it could be um, finances, just just different things. But like, what do I really think about it? What do you really think about it? And how can I learn from what you're saying, right? So eventually, um, I mean, what can you expect? You can expect anything, man, <laughs> for real. Um, you know, you can expect us to agree on some things. We're definitely going to disagree on other things. I mean, it's going to be a whole lot of heated debates. I know that already. Um, hey, some people might cry here. We are going to laugh. I'm going to cuss you out every now and then. Um, we might pray right after that. I mean, who knows? I can't, I can't really promise, but that's the beauty of it. Authentic o'clock. We are live, baby. Now for my first episode, right? And I'm gonna get out your hair really quick. Um, about two months ago, I posted on Instagram. Uh, it was one of those ask me a question type posts. And, um, it was about a project that I was working on. <laughs> and you know, I got I got a lot of questions, but uh, unfortunately, ninety uh, percent of them had nothing to do with the project I posted it for. So shade, but that's okay. Uh, most of them were about my personal life or my podcast because people knew I was working on a podcast. So I thought, hey, I'm gonna save these questions, and then on episode one. I'm going to go back to these questions and answer them and see if, you know, at the end of it, we can figure out who this Stefan guy is. So that's what I'm going to do right now. And uh, yeah, let's just uh, dive into it right now. All right. So first question. Tell the people your name is Charles LMAO. <laughs> okay. When I tell you people are trifling. <laughs> You're trifling. You know yourself. You're trifling for that. Um, 
Yes, folks, my name is Charles, Stefan Charles Hugano. I hated my parents for giving me that name. I could not, I could not believe that out of all names, they went ahead and chose Charles. What seven-year-old do you know named Charles? Huh? And by the way, listen, <laughs> if your daddy name is Charles or your uncle or your brother or yourself, bro, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay? I am sorry. I think I just, I, hey, man, I just didn't like your name, which is my name, but it's really your name. But I'm a grown man now. Okay? I'm a grown man, and I think Charles is, uh, is a decent name. It's a decent name. You put a sir in front of it, now, now, now we're talking. Now we have something. We have something to work with. Sir Charles. That'll work. Anyway, that question right there, man, whatever. Okay? Next. What made you decide to start a podcast? Um, um, I just wanted to create a platform where... Um, my guests and I can sit and discuss any topic uh, freely, right? Um, ever since I was a kid, I've always, um, I've always felt this sense of responsibility to um, represent, you know, whether it's my family, whether it's my culture, whether it's uh, my church, whether it's my religion, um, and you know, and so that came with, you know, not being able to voice um, different things, whether it be things that I did not agree with or things that I didn't understand. Um, I, I just learned to park it, right? And it's not something that, you know, um, brought great frustration to me. Um, but, you know, it's, it's uh, and I'm not saying it's bad still, but that was that time of my life, you know? I'm in a different time, and I want to uh, sit down and discuss uh, various topics, you know, taboo topics, especially if you're from where I'm from. Um, there are taboo topics that are just that, taboo. Yet, we deal with it every day, and um, talking about it candidly could um, save us a lot of trouble, right? So... Um, a podcast uh, was a great way to start. All right, next. What inspires you the most in life? Hmm. Um, change. Change inspires me. Change, in, and it's in a lot of context, but change, man. Nothing stays the same. Nothing is forever under the sun. Nothing at all. So, you know, if we're going through... Uh, tough time it's gonna change and that inspires me to you know to, to wake up another day and fight but also change like as in my character as in me myself you know waking up to to be a better person right you know these words are are, are these concepts are great they sound good um, but it's attached to change being a better person is attached to change, and change is hard, but change is necessary, and change is um, its great, to be honest. So that inspires me a lot. Also, time. Time inspires me, man, because time is very independent. Time is time, and time uh, is not rushed, and time is not delayed. When it's time, it's time. 
And so I, 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 I love to put time in context. You know, we always want things quick. Um, or sometimes we, like I said, we procrastinate. We think we have all the time in the world. And time is like, no, man, <laughs> you missed your opportunity. In other situations, time is like, man, sit your ass down. It's not time yet. So just, so yeah, change and time inspire me the most in life. All right, next. Um, favorite Bible verse. Okay, favorite Bible verse. I don't have one. I have a few. Um, but the first thing, the first verse that comes to my head always is Psalm uh, 138.8. And it says, let me open it up, actually. It's going to be easier word for word. Listen, the word says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. That part alone is my all-time favorite because to me, it shows me, it shows just the goodness of God, right? And it gives me encouragement and it, it, it reassures me again of God, God's intentions towards me. He said, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. So that's my, that's, that's my all-time favorite. But I have other favorites. I have Hebrew 10, 14, I believe. I have uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Um, I love which other one? Oh, what's that verse? What is that verse? Oh, the, uh, the verse in uh, Timothy. 1 Timothy, I think, 1, 15. 50, I don't know if 16 is part of that, but yeah. Um, all those verses, you can read them. And the reason why they're my favorite, again, it shows um, the heart of God towards um, the human. And, um, and it's, in a, it's, in a, it's in a better light than some of the things that uh, I have experienced. So, yeah, let me just leave that at that. Okay, next. Um, what do you think about this self-love trend? Um, uh, self-love trend. Interesting you said trend. Um, I love it. I love it. I love the self-love trend. And I don't think we can have too much of it if that's what you're thinking. If that's where you're going right now, I don't even know what to tell you. I, I think that we need more and more and more of that, right? Especially us black people. Man, you know how many centuries we lived with self-hate? So many, so many. It's engraved in our brains, in our hearts. And so it's going to take centuries and generations um, to unlearn that and to learn self-love. Now, here's what I think about that. Two things. First... I think that we're not going to get it right the first time, not the second time, not the third time. And maybe right now we're in that stage. And that's, you know, it's a lot of quotes on Instagram. It's a whole lot of quotes and it's out of context sometimes. It's just, it's all over the place, but that's all right. That's all right because we're learning self-love. What is it? But eventually we're going to get to uh, know or our children or their children, we're going to get to it. Um, another thing that I want to say about that is that um, 
I think that it would be great to put self-love is amazing and we should keep pushing for it. And I also think that we should put self-awareness right in front of self-love because I think that um, self-awareness is the prerequisite for self-love, right? You, you, we got to know ourselves. You have to know. And when I say self-awareness, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, the good side and the bad side, especially the bad side, because um, you can um, you, you, you can't impose love on something you don't know. Example, uh, insecurities, man. When, when you don't know that you have this insecurity or that insecurity, your reaction is completely different, right? Than someone who knows that, hey, this is an insecurity that I have and I, I, I'm loving myself anyway, but, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on my insecurity. I know it's there, but I love me rather than, you know, oh, you think you can belittle me? Oh, you think that you, you know? So, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I mean by that. I think that, um, uh, what's it called? I think that self-awareness should come in front of self-love. So, yeah, um, moving on. Um, next question. Is it going to be a Christian podcast? Um, it's not going to be a Christian podcast. I am a Christian, right? And my views and my perspectives, uh, for the most part, are in line with scriptures, right? Um, and I only say for the most part because, look, we're never going to get to a point where we, um, we have everything figured out, right? There are still things after 16 years um, in this journey that I don't understand, that I... Um, struggle with understanding or uh, that I'm not sure uh, how to interpret, right? And so on those things, man, like I, I, I don't, uh, I either don't speak on it or I just, because I just wait until the day that I will, like I said, uh, have a conversation about it and understand. So um, yeah, for the most part though, you know, for the black and white stuff, I, it's, it's, it's in line with, uh, with scriptures. So yeah, um, but I don't know if I could call it a Christian podcast, and partially because I don't really know what that means, to be honest. Um, so yeah, next question. Um, what do you think about Canadian politics? <laughs> oh man, what do I think about Canadian politics? I think that uh, these gas prices are high, man. <laughs> I really do. I think that milk is expensive. So whoever is in chambers, man, making decisions, please help us, all right? Um, I also think Justin Trudeau is, is looking great with that beard. Yeah, I think that's a good look on us, all right? There it is, Canadian politics. <laughs> oh, oh, I know something. Um, I know there's a sister down in London uh, who comes from my motherland, Burundi, and who's killing it. She's the city council um, in London. So shout out to you. Uh, her name is Ariel. Ariel Kayabaga. Now that's really all I know about Canadian politics, to be honest. Okay, moving on. What is the most important piece of advice you've ever received? 
Oh, man. Um, the most important piece of advice that I've ever received. Uh, you know, uh, pray about it. Yeah. Pray about it is the most important advice I've ever received. Where can we find your podcast? You can find my podcast on Spotify. You can find it on uh, iTunes. You can find it on Google Play. I'm not sure about that one, but I'll get back to you if it's not there. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find uh, on a major, major platforms. Um, describe fatherhood in three words. Now, um, I don't think I've been a father enough to describe fatherhood, uh, but I can, my experience living with a seven-month-old, right, uh, that belongs to you. <laughs> three words? I don't know if I could find three words, man. It's wet. That's the first word. Wet. Yes. 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 <laughs> a lot, a lot of fluids coming out their body, right? Um, and, uh, and even their kisses, just saliva everywhere, everywhere. Your face is drenched in their saliva. And it's great, right? But yes. Number two, funny. Funny because kids are funny, man. <laughs> kids are funny. Kids, yo, kids be staring at the air. You ever, you ever, you ever stared at the air? Try, try to do it today. You can't. Kids can. My kid, man, he stares at nothing, just somewhere in the air. And I try to like follow the stare to kind of see what he's looking at. Can't find it. That's funny. They also think that they can run like five minutes after they get here. Um, and they also think that, you know, they, they, uh, they own everything in the house. He's, he's getting to that stage now where he thinks that remote control is his. So that's funny. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, so yeah, wet, um, funny. And the third one, I don't, it's not a word. It's more of a statement. Kids, um, even this early on, man, um, kids come with a great sense of responsibility, right? It's a different type of responsibility. I mean, and that's in two parts, right? Because first you look at them and you go, um, th the best thing that I can give them is a healthy, a whole me, right? So you feel a great sense of responsibility to take care of yourself, right? Um, even physically, right? Um, and, uh, and the second one is uh, just in terms of what you're going to leave them with, right? And whether that is in assets, whether that is wisdom and principles and just, you know, prepping them to be a decent human, um, you look at them and you go, there's no way, absolutely no way in the world that I will not do my absolute best, right, to be able to uh, leave them with something. So, yeah, that's what I think. That's what my experience has been this early on. It's just seven months, man. Um, yeah, but uh, fun, fun, uh, fun times. All right, next. Any relationship advice for the lovers out there? Huh. Relationship advice. 
man. Um, you got Facebook Watch. Cool. Go and watch uh, the Red Table Talk by um, Jada Jada Smith, and watch the episode where Will Smith was on there and they were talking about their partnership and their marriage. Um, I learned a lot from that, so take it away. <laughs> Next, what don't you like about yourself the most? Um. Actually, no, let me come back to the previous question. There's one thing I want to say. Uh, there's a negative connotation uh, whenever we say therapy, right? Couples therapy. And I've heard many people tell me that, you know, couples therapy is for couples who are contemplating um, breaking up or divorcing or just something drastic like that. Uh, I don't believe that's the case. I think that the best thing that you can do um, is to, and the you know the one thing that you're going to do for the rest of your lives, if y'all are going to be together, is to uh, study each other, getting to know each other, getting to know yourself. And I think that couples therapy helps with that. It's to me, man, therapy, and we're going to have an episode about this, but therapy is really first and for first and foremost it's you know discovering yourself discovering um how you are how you process things and you know different things right um um so yeah so i i think that if i was to give any advice as to even even the you know the new new lovers new lovers um you know take a trip to one of these couples uh counseling or couples therapy or whatever and and just sit down and and then you know um share a lot can come out of that and if your intentions are to be together then he helps build rather than um destroy all right so back to uh the next question um what don't you like about yourself the most? Uh, I think I talked about it in the beginning. Uh, it's those two things, perfectionism and uh, procrastination. Perfectionism, man, it's, it's an illusion. It's an illusion, all right? Um, I tell myself this sentence every time I'm about to start something because I already know my condition and I already know like, you know, how I obsess about things. I tell myself, Stefan, you have never, ever been perfect and you will never be perfect. Nothing you do will ever be perfect. So get up, do what you want to do. And the results, man, the results are going to be what they are. That's it. That is it. And even after I say that, sometimes I, I find myself going back to, you know, that obsession and trying to perfect things. And so, you know, it's a, it's, it's a battle. Uh, but hey, man, I have that condition, and I can tell you right now, it's an illusion. It's it's not true. It's it's just it's just meant to slow you down, and um, and even kill your dreams and kill your potential. Perfectionism, that is. Now procrastination, same thing. It's a thief, man. Um, I have um, lost a lot of money. 
I have failed um, classes. I have failed uh, different things because of procrastination, right? Um, and, you know, now I am learning to, you know, do it and do it right now. Like, literally, because if I wait, I forget, and it's gone, right? And even, like, like, like basic things, right? Let me give you an example. Like, when I'm driving, that's usually when, you know, ideas pop up in my head. Well, if I don't write it right there and then, I forget it. It's gone, and it's gone for good. So I have decided to, literally, man, I stop. <laughs> when I'm driving, I, I find the, the next spot, and then I park my car, pull out my phone, and just start writing in, in, in the notes, right? What hurts the most is that when it's gone, it's gone, but you still remember that there was an idea. There was a great idea that I had earlier on. I just can't, I just can't remember what it was. I just can't remember what it was. It's a lot of great ideas that disappeared into the cloud. So to avoid that, you know, I've, that's one of my strategies. And another thing that happens to me is, you know, Sometimes you think about someone, you know, you miss them or you want to check on them and all, and then you just, it, it just stays in your head. Almost always, right? I don't text the person and then the next day the person texts me and I find myself always like, yo, I was actually thinking about you yesterday blah, blah. and it's like, okay, man, if you were thinking about me, just, hey, text, call. I hate calling, but that's besides the point. <laughs> so now I've decided, you know, when I think about someone, write it right there. Just even if it's, hi, I hope you're doing good, period. All right. Next, uh, would you consider yourself a feminist? Um, okay, so how do I answer this? Um, yes and no. Um, no, because honestly, I don't feel like um, I have advocated, you know, actively advocated for um, women, um, and yes, because I agree 100% with the message and the fight of feminism. Because, you know, feminism is, uh, for those who don't know, is to advocate for women's rights on the basis of uh, the equality of the sexes, right? And um, I don't know, I just feel like I haven't done um, enough or much, really, in terms of like advocating like actively advocating for women to call myself as feminist. I might be wrong. So you guys tell me, I mean, is it okay? Or can you call yourself a feminist um, when you know you haven't really done the actual uh, work, which is advocating for, you know, women's rights? And I mean, I'm not talking about liking a post on Instagram or, you know, um, reposting women hustlers on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm talking about, like, work, work. And then again, I believe I'm a feminist because uh, I believe the sexes are equal and it should be reflected in every area of life, right? Um, socially, economically, politically. Um, and, you know, even reparations should be made. How about that? And I've had this conversation with uh, some people who um, told me, like, yo, you know, aren't, aren't, isn't it against your Christian values? I said, what? You know, this whole feminism thing. I said, why would you say that? And the person said, you know, because. Uh, because um, 
isn't it God that uh, you know made man to um, be bigger than the woman uh, in terms of society? I said God ain't never, ever. Uh, from what I know, from what I understand, God has never made it so that men are, you know, um, superior to women, right? God gave roles, okay? And we did with that what we know how to do best, and that is abuse. We abused that and changed it to be, um, you know, these roles are bigger or like if I am called the head then I'm supposed to be bigger obviously I'm supposed to be you know uh, more important than you right and obviously we took that to a whole nother level because we took all the rights from women and I just think that's that's disgusting you know I really do I think that what man I'm not talking about every man but like the the the, the system I think it was it was disgusting. So, um, I am um, of the opinion that the sexes are equal. Men and women are equal. Now, let's leave it at that and move on. All right, so, who influenced you the most growing up? Oh, that's easy. My mama, Pops, and Kirk Franklin. I remember my mom when I was a kid at a young age. I remember her, like, whooping me, right? And right after doing that, I remember her walking into my room to apologize. And it's always been funny how, you know, she would apologize. She's the parent. They didn't have to do that back then. My mom used to apologize. And what I love about it is that she apologized um, with the right words. She would be like, I'm sorry that I said those words. I said bad words. I should have not said those words. Or she'd be like, I got angry. Um, anger got the best of me. And, um, you know, yeah, I should not, uh, I should not move like that, basically. And that, that impacted me a lot um, growing up. Um, it's not, I'm not saying it's easy to uh, apologize, but, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely had an impact on me in that area, right? Especially when I know that I'm in the wrong, right? It's like, you know, I'm sorry. And then dad, on the other hand, um, dad was always this calm person who does not panic, right? Um, I've never seen my dad panic about anything, really. Um, and that, I remember when I was a kid, and even well into my adult life, I, I really look up to him, because this man don't panic. <laughs> I've never seen him panic about anything, right? And I remember back then, um, it was about in 2004, I think, uh, my family and I, uh, so my mom, my dad, and my sisters, and my cousin, and my other cousin and her mom, um, we traveled, we took a road trip to, well, it was not a road trip really, but that's besides the point. Um, we went to, uh, Uganda from Burundi and we took, um, uh, one of those, um, big buses that would go from Bujumbura to Kampala. Um, and long story short, um, you know, they stopped us, um, the, 
<sighs> the insurgents, <laughs> uh, the rebels back then, um, they stopped us, you know, kicked us out of the bus, and it, we were really face to face with death. That was the first and I think the only encounter with with death, man, that I've ever had, right? It was super scary. So we're outside and um and and you know they're you know they're going crazy and the guns are going. You know, and when I say guns are going, the guns were going. It's like like two feet away from me, right? And you know, they had knives, they had grenades, it was just it was just crazy. Now, my dad <laughs> My dad pulls me slowly because, like, these guys are going, like, and they're in a rush, right? They're like, yo, you know, give money, give phones, give your clothes, get all the stuff because they're robbing us. Um, and, like, you know, background story is that these types of things used to happen in my country and um, uh, people would not survive. They would kill everybody. Uh, there was a bus that, uh, that happened. The people who were on that bus got killed, everybody. Not a single person survived. So, you know, you understand that the, the, the fear that is in that place. My dad pulls me slowly and then whispers and, you know, he talks slowly to me. He's like, take this jacket. It was his leather jacket. He's like, take this jacket. They'll never think to search you because you're a kid. You know, big guy like me, they're, they're going to they're gonna try to um, they're gonna try to search my pockets and all. And I remember just looking at him like, I'll be damned. My dad just literally just sent me into death's arms. <laughs> he was so calm about it too. So calm about it. He's like, and he was right. They never searched me. But it's, I remember that I looked at him in complete disbelief. But at the same time, I admired that. I was like, man, this guy actually is not scared of anything. He is not panicking. Everybody else was crying and just like losing it. He was just there, right? Thank God my mom didn't see that. Well, I mean, we told her later, but thank God she did not see it while it was happening because she would have slapped him across the street. Um, but yeah, that, that, but even, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's back then. But even in, in, in my adult life, when we sit down and, you know, talk about life and my dad is, is, is cool about things. It's just like, you know, um, it's going to get better. It's going to change, you know, um, you know, God is going to come through. My dad used to say that a lot. God is going to come through. And that affected me because to this day, man, I there's no situation that uh, at the back of my head and in the deepest places of my heart, I know that, hey, it's going to change, man. It's, it's going to get better. Um, no need to panic. No need to feel like, you know, life is over. It's going to change. God is going to come through. So... That's that's that. Shout out to that. Um, for Kirk Franklin, um, he was the first person in the Christian community, especially high profile um, people, who displayed a shocking level of authenticity. Right. The dude was not scared of anything. And I'm not just talking about his concerts and all, but like. Uh, mostly his his interviews or uh, when he was you know sharing either his journey or um, his views on things it was all I was always shocked because he was unapologetic about who he was and what his journey was and he was not scared of you know 
being misunderstood or judged or even rejected by his peers, right? Uh, and I admired that. So yeah, my mama taught me to ask for forgiveness quick and uh, to be at peace with people. My dad taught me to be confident and not panic about tomorrow. And Mr. Kirk, brother Kirk, to be fearlessly authentic. Moving on. Uh, next question is, have you ever tried to do stand-up comedy? <laughs> you shoot if you haven't. Oh, okay. Okay, so y'all gassing me up, huh? Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate you thinking that I can, uh, that I can pull that off. Uh, I don't, I haven't tried to do comedy <laughs> and I don't think I will ever do, but thanks. I appreciate the compliment. Um, I sure would like that Kevin Hart money though. That's for sure. Um, what happened to the encouraging videos you used to share on Instagram? Ah, good question. Um, what happened to them? Um, I stopped. I stopped. And I stopped because, um... Um, at first I was, I was just not motivated to do them anymore. Um, my faith was challenged. Um, you know, I was not in a good place, uh, mentally. And so I was in no place to give really. I was not in a place to receive, let alone give. So yeah, I stopped and I never, uh, went back yet. But, um, thanks for, uh, saying that they were encouraging. Uh, it's humbling to know that they were encouraging, you know. Um, okay, uh, next. Biggest pet peeves. Okay. Um, I got two, all right? The first one is I hate it. I completely despise it. When people show up to me or anybody else, right, um, pointing out, pointing out, um, problems my problems right without offering solutions i don't that to me that is the most selfish act right it's like you like because when 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 you come up to me and you have a solution you're like yo i noticed this and this and this all right but here's here's what i suggest you know you could do it like this you could do it like that that shows me care because every second you spend um trying to find solutions to someone else's problems that those are minutes of care those that's those are moments of care but if you just show up and you're just like hey this and this and this and this and then you dip it's like just just stay at home man like for real you know um and i think that people we like to do that and i put myself in it because that's hey it's easy to point out other people's problems it's easy to notice what's not going on in other people's lives right? Meanwhile, your life is a complete mess, completely upside down, right? But you want to point out other people's problems and give advices. First of all, I don't like unasked advices. I have voiced that before. I do not like unasked advices. If you're not asked, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Thank you very much. Anyway, um, that's the first one. The second one, <laughs> And we are in 2020, people, you know. And I know, you know, times are changing. People are disconnecting. It's a lot of social media. To, listen, cool. Um, some people are texters. Some people are callers, okay? Let's just respect each other with that. 
If I tell you that I don't like cars, do not think at any moment that you could just pick up your damn phone and call me. Please. This actually irritates me, man. Yo, you literally tell people, hey, man, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a caller. <laughs> I text. So text me, right? Ten minutes later, call comes in. The same person you told that to. That I can't stand. I literally can't stand. And I look at that phone ring 18 times until it stops. I don't care. I don't care. So now, at the same time, here, here's the thing. I understand, you know, um, if I take my example, I'm a, I'm a texter. You're a caller, for example. Our needs, okay, I understand they have to be met, you know, equally. Here's what I suggest, folks, right? If you need me, text me because that's my way. It's like a love language. That's my way. <laughs> text me. Don't call me, man. Because not only am I not going to pick up that call, I'm not going to call you back again. So, you know, let's just get that clear. Uh, so text me. If I need you, and that's if it's a service or if I need to check up on you, I'm going to call you. If I don't call you and I text you, hey, man, never reply to that text. As a matter of fact, it, leave me on scene so I know that you saw it, but you're just like, call me. I I think that's a that's a fair deal, right? I'm just so sick and tired, man. Just people be calling you left and right. It's like, don't call me. I'm about to cut my phone. So sick and tired of this, man. Text me. I even put it in my voicemail. <laughs> it's serious, man. My preferred way of communication is text. Text me. Email me. Don't call me. All right. Uh, who is your celebrity crush? Who is my celebrity? What am I, 12? <laughs> I ain't got no celebrity crush, man. I used to. Um, it was Lauren London. It was Megan Good and Adrian Bailon. But I'm too old for crushes now, man. Last question. I think I'm going to cut it here. Um what do you want your children to know about you more than anything else? Wow. Oof, going out with the bank. Um, you know what? Um, I was going to say something else, but I just, I just hope that at the end of it, when it's all been said and done, they know that... Um, their dad loves them and he loved them with everything, you know, everything that he was and everything that he had. I hope that uh, they know of me that I'm a loving father uh, and I love them with my time, my presence, with my strength, with my money, with my... Um, with my vision, with, with everything, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, um, more than anything else. Yes. That's, that's the one. All right. Uh, well, that was, uh, dope. Um, all right. I'll cut it here and I'm going to talk to you guys next time. I hope you have a great day, week, and you guys take care of yourselves.
Peace.